this week from GNC Week in Review, powered by Geek News Central. Apple updates the iPod Touch. Yes, the iPod touches back. Facebook and Twitter suspend accounts. Twitch temporarily suspend accounts. Plus, Huawei is taking the U.S. government to court. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week. And it's Friday, May 31st, 2019. My name is Kirk Corliss, and this is episode 25 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. And if you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast app for Android, or on TuneIn. Spotify or Stitcher. Get connected with GNCWIR, be it social media or email at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. We're going to jump in with the tech news from this week and from geeknewscentral.com. And we're going to start off with Huawei. And there's been a lot of talk about Huawei, Huawei, excuse me, from one end of spectrum to the other. And you can check out the recent news and posts over on geeknewscentral.com and also, um, uh, the tech, the news from Huawei and commentary from uh, Todd Cochran on the geeknewscentral.com podcast. Now, there may be another tale of woe. The company has motioned for a summary judgment in its lawsuit to invalidate Section 889 of the 2019 National Defense Authorization Act, arguing, arguing excuse me, that it violates the, quote, Bill of Attainder Due Process Investing Clauses of the U.S. Constitution. The uh, uh, Huawei's Song Liping said the law explicitly bans Huawei by name despite a, quote, no evidence of a security risk and bans third-party contractors who buy from Huawei even when there's no link to the U.S. government. The company also preemptively tried to dismiss claims that are facts up for dispute. This is a simple matter of simple, quote, matter of law, according to lead counsel Glenn Nager. A hearing on the motion is due September 19th. Over on the Apple News Block, and first up in the News Block, um, the Apple News Block comes from geeknewscentral.com. Remember the iPod Touch? Well, Apple has introduced the new iPod Touch. The It starts at $199 and is available to order on apple.com in the Apple Store now. It will also become available in stores also. Previous versions of the iPod Touch focused on music. The new iPod Touch is offering more. It has an Apple Design A10 Fusion chip, which brings improved performance improved performance in games and immersive augmented reality experiences, which is a first for the iPod series, and also has group FaceTime. The new iPad, the new iPod Touch also comes in a new 256 gig capacity. The new iPod Touch starts at $199 for the 32 gigabyte model, $299 for the 128 gigabyte model, and $399 for the 256 gigabyte 256 gigabyte model. It comes in six finishes, space gray, white, gold, pink, gold, blue, and pink, and product red. Also, Apple has published a lengthy post explaining and extolling the App Store's guidelines and developer program developer program following the Supreme Court's decision in an antitrust case related to its application emporium. On May 13th, the Supreme Court 
has ruled against Apple in a long-standing price-fixing suit which accused the company of maintaining a monopoly over iOS app distribution to keep prices high and be able to take a 30% commission. The court's decision allows customers to proceed with a lawsuit against Apple under antitrust, antitrust laws, something the company argued shouldn't be allowed. Excuse me, because it takes its cut from developers and not consumers themselves. After the ruling was announced, Apple released a statement to the, Apple released a statement to stress that the quote App Store is not a monopoly by any metric, and that quote developers set the price they want to change for their apps. It added the company has no role in that. The company even detailed the pricing tiers developers can can choose from, which all state that it only takes a thirty percent cut from paid apps or from in app purchases and subscriptions within free ones. The All these lead to the final post, part of the post, which highlights a line that says the App Store is a, quote, a store that welcomes competition. Apple listed its own apps, such as Apple Music and Maps, alongside their competitors, such as such Apple uh, also reminded everyone in the post that all these options went through a rigorous review to ensure that, quote, apps are held to a high standard for privacy, security, and content. And to close out the Apple News block, three iTunes, us- three iTunes users are suing Apple for allegedly disclosing their listening habits to advertisers. The users who hail from Rhode Island and Michigan claim Apple violated laws protecting records of entertainment purchases in those states. They're seeking class action status alongside other state residents, saying that saying Apple has, quote, disregarded its legal responsibilities to these individuals by revealing personal information. The lawsuit claims that Apple has released personal listening information directly to third parties while also granting app while also granting app developers access to iTunes libraries through the media play, media player framework. It draws on specific public criticism of Apple's privacy practices, as well as the general availability of private user data through data brokers. It also speculates that Apple's data disclosures are responsible for the plaintiffs receiving unsolicited junk mail based on listing history. As Variety says, data brokers gather information from many sources – so iTunes user data could be obtained through financial records that aren't like, that aren't directly related to Apple. Apple's media player documentation currently tells developers that they must get permission from users before accessing music libraries, and it says they're not permitted to use this framework to gather information about the user's audio content or to use such information or to use such information for any other purpose purpose other than audio playback within your app. The lawsuit notes that Apple was criticized for automatically showing full access a year a few years ago, though, and then the though, excuse me, and the plaintiffs say Apple still makes it easy to still and the plaintiffs still say Apple still makes it too easy to gather data through iTunes. Remember the Galaxy Fold? Well, it has been more than a month since Samsung announced a delay in launching its Galaxy Fold, and it's there is no release and there is no release. And there is no release date. However, a few weeks ago, executive DJ Co said, quote, we will not be too late. And representatives indicated a date would be announcing be announced in the coming weeks. But there has been no official update since then. Now, Korean media outlets like Yonhap and the Korean Herald report based on anonymous industry sources that the flexible device won't launch next month either. Yonhap has, uh, Yonhap has heard that stabilizing the hardware quality as you 
in its units is taking longer than expected. It also apparently has to recertify the device for use with mobile networks, which may give more people in industry a look at the process. Another official, uh, another official quoted mentioned that Huawei's U.S. problems and impact on its portable Mate X could give Samsung more time to work out any issues. The FCC excuse me, the FCC deadline from Samsung to either cancel pre-orders for the nearly $2,000 device or obtain consent for this delay is today. All reports indicate that Samsung still plans to release the Fold. It just might be a little later in the year than they were hoping. Apple, excuse me, uh, in other smartphone news, not Apple, uh, but Motor, however, uh, uh, Motorola has officially announced the Z and it was beeping outside my window. Motorola has officially announced the Moto Z4 this week. The phone has pogo pins on the back for snapping on to for snapping on Moto mods. Motorola has followed recent phone trends by excising the bezels on the front in favor of a teardrop notch and a 19 by 9 OLED panel. It has a 36 a 3600 milliamp battery at the expense of making the Z4 a bit thicker. Motorola says the battery should last for around two days off a single charge, and there's also a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. The Z4 features a Snapdragon 675 processor, 4 gigabytes of RAM, and 128 gigabyte of internal storage, internal storage, excuse me, which can be upgraded via micro SD. Along with a single 48 megapixel shooter, the company has also upgraded the front-facing lens from an 8-megapixel sensor on the Z3 to a 25-megapixel lens on the Z4. The Moto Z4 will ship with Android 9 Pi, uh, Android Pi, excuse me, and it will be available on Verizon starting on June 13th for $499, although the company is offering a limited time for new lines that will offer the plan for $10 a month for 24 months and the 5G Moto Mod for $199.99. That will total $439.99 for the phone and mod together. Verizon is also offering five offering is also offering 5G service for Moto Z4 customers with the 5G mod on its Verizon above unlimited and beyond unlimited plans. Alternatively, if you are not a Verizon customer, Motorola will also sell an unlocked version of the Z4 for $499 starting that already ha- starting on June 6, excuse me, in a bundle that will that includes the 360 degree camera Moto Mod at Best Buy, B&H and Amazon. From TheVerge.com, they're reporting Twitch has disabled the ability for new accounts to live stream following an attack from trolls that flooded one section of the site with pornography pornography, excuse me, illegal content and hateful imagery. The move comes as Twitch, t- Twitch's team tries to stop bad actors from abusing its system and flouting rules around copyrighted and illegal video. A statement from Twitch's support team sent out via Twitter specifies the, quote, safety of our community is our top priority, and we're doing everything we can to restore all access as quickly as possible. The streaming services artifact category was brigaded by all weekend by trolls who reportedly first fled to the section as a way of joining in on a recent meme. Artifact, a card game developed by Valve, was recently named the least popular game on Twitch. Uh, to also Twitch users and the broader gaming community, they have been dunking on they have been dunking on the failure games failure for months, both before and after Valve announced it was taking time to redesign the title in late March. But this weekend, 
that change with a flood of new streams using categories of low visibility to stream content violating Twitch, Twitch's policies. Twitch's statement acknowledged that they, quote, become, became aware of a number of accounts targeting the Artifact game directory over the weekend. Twitch's team also recognized trolls were using the category, quote, to share content that grossly violates our terms of service. The majority of the accounts that, quote, shared and viewed content were automated. Twitch did not say when new users will be able to stream. The moderation team is currently working to remove content, and The Verge has reached out for further comment. In other video streaming news this week, AT&T said it's adding Locust, an app that streams local broadcaster TV for free to DirecTV and Uverse starting Thursday. Locust provides access to local broadcast stations, including ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, to people with broadband-connected receivers. It's available in New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Dallas, Washington, D.C., Houston, Boston, Denver, and Baltimore. AT&T said it'll still provide its free local channel connector service if a state local station isn't otherwise available. The local channel connection, the local channel connector uses a free digital broadcast antenna to capture a to capture a station signals. Excuse me. Uh, Silicon, Va- Silicon Valley will return to HBO later this year for its sixth season. Unfortunately for myself. And its fans, it will also be the end of the show's run. Variety reported today that the upcoming season of Mike, Judge, Mike Judge's tech-centric company will be the last. Season six will consist of seven, epi- seven episodes, an abbreviated run compared to previous seasons, which will be used to wrap up the story of upstart compression company Pied Piper. Also on geeknewscentral.com this week, the Washington Post reported that both Facebook and Twitter said they had disabled a, quote, sprawling disinformation campaign that appeared to be originating in Iran. It included two Twitter accounts that mimicked Republican congressional candidates and may have sought to to push pro-Iranian political messages. According to the Post, a private security firm called FireEye, quote, did not attribute the activity to either to either Iranian state leaders or malicious actors operating within within the country. However, some of the tweets supported the Iranian nuclear deal, which President Trump withdrew from a year ago. Some of the some of the disabled account some of the disabled accounts appear to be appear to target the propaganda at specific at specific journalists policymakers, dissidents, and other influential U.S. figures online. Those tactics left experts fearful that it could mark a new new escalation in social media warfare with malicious actors stealing stealing real-world identities to to spread disinformation beyond the web. Facebook posted on its Facebook newsroom that it removed 51 Facebook accounts, 36 pages, 7 groups, and 3 Instagram accounts three Instagram accounts involved in coordinating an inauthentic behavior that originated in Iran. Facebook said that said the excuse me, Facebook said the individuals involved mis, involved misled people about who they were and what they were doing. Uh, the uh, they say quote the the they purported to be located in the US and Europe, used fake accounts to run pages and groups, and impersonate legitimate news organizations in the Middle East. The individuals behind this activity also represented themselves as journalists or other personas and tried to contact policymakers, reporters, academics, Iranian dissidents, and other public figures. 
Yoel Roth, head of site integrity at Twitter, posted a thread of tweets that began with, quote, early this month, we, re- we removed more than 2,800 inauthentic accounts originating in, Iran, in, originating in Iran. Those are the accounts that FireEye, a private security firm, report on today. We were not provided with his report or his findings. In another tweet, he wrote, quote, these in other, in another tweet, excuse me, he wrote, these accounts employed a range of false personas to target conservatives about political social issues in Iran and globally. Some engaged directly through, through public replies with, with politicians, journalists, and others. In other social media news, and, in the, and this is in the government in tech block, the Trump administration implemented a new policy today that will require most visa applicants to provide information about their social media accounts. The Hill first reported the news. A state, report, state, a state department spokesperson confirmed to The Verge that the new forms requiring accounts were put, were put into use today. The spokesperson said the policy will require both temporary and permanent travelers to list their accounts when selling applications to the State Department. According to The Hill, a drop-down menu will require the applicants to name the accounts or to say they do not use them. Official will then use a screening system using... Uh, they will use a screening system against the provided information. The State Department said last year, despite criticism, that it will move ahead with the proposal. Under the plan, applicants will be required to the applicants will be required applicants will be required to the United States to list the social media accounts they have used in the past five years. The Hill the Hill report is that the system will start with only quote. Some with some with only some quote major social media services, but it could be expanded later. On Thursday, excuse me, continue in other government and tech news block. On Thursday, Trump announced that he plans to pose a plans to impose a five percent tariff on all imported goods from Mexico as a direct response to the number of unauthorized immigrants who are arriving in the United States via the southern border. The tax will go into effect on June tenth and increase each month, reaching a maximum of 25% in October, unless Mexico finds a way to deter legal migration across the U.S. southern border. In statements on Friday, top tech industry lobbying and advocacy, advocacy groups argue that these, two, that these new tariffs will, were inappropriate and could lead to Mexico imposing its own tariffs on the U.S. in retaliation, with serious consequences for the industry if the uh, with with serious consequences for the industry if the situation escalates. Gary Shapiro, president and CEO of the Consumer Technology Association, or better known as CTA, said in a statement, quote, this is potentially devastating to America small bu- American small businesses and all the people they employ. This is a short-sighted, short-tempered reaction that doesn't recognize a basic, ef- doesn't recognize a basic economic fact, tariffs or taxes. The CTA sponsors consumer consumer tech events, including its annual Consumer Electronics Show, or better known as CES. Uh, uh, Jason Oxman, CEO and president of the Informational Technology Industry Council, or ITI, said in a statement, quote, tariffs are not, are not an appropriate tool to address some serious immigration challenges. The most effective way to address these concerns is for the administration and Congress to pass a permanent solution to fix the United States' broken and outdated immigration systems. System, excuse me. These new tariffs were announced shortly after Trump disrupted talks with House Democrats over the United States-Mexico 
over the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or USMCA, a new trade agreement the administration has proposed to replace the North American Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA. On Thursday, Trump imposed a 30-day limit on talks to amend the bill, pressuring Democrats like House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to move ahead with it. It was this bill that tech groups like the Consumer and Communications Industry Association, CCIA, invoked in today in statements where the president uh, and CEO Ed Black said, quote, the blunt tool, the blunt tool of tariffs will harm American consumers and industries and risks the full realization of the benefits of a modern trade agreement that brings the North American market into the 21st century. Google's got more than 100,000 full-time workers worldwide, but it's got even more contractors that help that help do some of the heavy lifting. On Wednesday, a group of attempts to work on the Google Assistant, the search giant's digital helpware software, alleged wage theft, according to a report by The Guardian. The group, part of an internal team called Pygmalion, responsible for helping the assistant software understand natural language, said Google pressured contractors to work overtime with extra to work overtime without extra pay. After an internal complaint, Google fired the Google, Google fired the executive in charge of the project. Uh, Eileen Naughton, vice president of People Operations, sent a statement, quote, Our policy is clear that all temporary workers must be paid for any overtime work. If we find that anyone isn't properly paid, we make sure they're compensated appropriately and take any action and take action against any includable against any Google employee who violates, who violates this policy. The wage, theft, the wage theft allegations come a day after a report by the New York Times who said the company's temps, vendors, and contractors, or TVCs in, our, in, Google parlance, in, Google's, in Google parlance, outnumber full-time employees. As of March, Google had 100 102,000 full-time workers. The search giant has 121,000 TVCs. TVCs typically don't make much, don't make as much money, and have and have different benefits than full-time workers. When Googler staged a historic walkout in November to protest the company's handling of sexual assault allegations aimed at key executives, the protest organizers also demanded better treatment for the company's, quote, shadow workforce. Some temp workers have also complained about, quote, being expendable within Google's, within Google's culture. Uh, Naughton continues in another statement, quote, if someone is not having a good experience, we provide lots of ways to report complaints or express concerns. We investigate who we, we investigate, we hold individuals to account, and we work to make things right for any person impacted. A Google spokesperson declined to comment on the head for on the headcount figures. Issues related to TVCs have also been a big topic, have also been a big top, has also, if I can get the words out, excuse me. Issues related to TVCs have also been a big topic of protest. In March, more than 900 Google workers reportedly signed a letter demanding better treatment of Google's extended workforce. The letter from March 27th complained about Google shortening the contract, shortening the contracts of several members of the personality team for the Google Assistant, according to a report by The Guardian. After that protest, Google said it will require temp companies that supply the search giant with temporary and contract workers to provide staff with full benefits. These benef- those benefits include health care, a $15 minimum wage, and paid parental leave. However, the new policy will go into effect starting next year. 
Uber lost slightly more than $1 billion in the first three months of 2019, the company announced on Thursday. It's Uber's first quarterly earnings release since the company went public early this, earlier this month. Uber's stock price is slightly below Thursday's closing price at $39.60. Uber has lost money has lost money almost every quarter since its founding a decade ago. Uber lost $4.46 billion in 2017 on a gap basis. Uber suffered a relative, relatively modest $370 million gap loss in 2018, largely thanks to a one-time boost for a multi, multi-billion dollar deal with Yandex. Uber's revenue last quarter was... Uber's revenue last quarter was $3.1 billion, up 20% from the first quarter of 2018. That primarily reflects the rapid growth of Uber Eats, which has been growing much more quickly than Uber's core taxi service. On the other side of ride-sharing news, one year ago, Lyft launched its launched its self-driving ride service in Las Vegas. Today, the company announced its 30-vehicle 30, 30 fleet has made 55,000 trips. That makes it that makes it the largest commercial program of its kind in the U.S. Unsurprisingly, Lyft said it's thrilled. The company wrote in a blog post, quote, so far, we have been very pleased with what... So far, we've been very pleased... I don't know if that was a car or a motorcycle, but that was a very loud engine. So let me... Let me uh, start over. Unsurprisingly, Lyft says thrilled. So far, we have been very pleased with what we've heard from our passengers taking a self-driving ride with us in Las Vegas. Last August, about four months after Lyft and its partner Aptiv dropped the autonomous autonomous vehicles in Vegas, they've hit 5,000 rides. According to the company, the average ride rating remains high, 4.9.7 out of 5 stars. If you own a colorful Heyday iPhone charging cable from Target, you may want to may want to stop using it and return it as soon as possible. The U.S. Consumer, excuse me, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission or CBS, CPSC sent a recall notice this week for Heyday's three foot three foot lightning cables due to potential shock and fake has and fire hazards. Heyday's Heyday is Target's house brand name for electronics. According to the commission, the recall recall covers about 90,000 metal charging cables that are, quote, purple, green, and blue iridescent. Anyone who purchased purchased one at Target should bring it back to the store for a refund. Target acknowledged the issue on its website. Target sold the cables from June 2018 through 2019 for about $15. The CPSC notes that the, the, quote, metal around the cord can become electrically charged if it contacts the USB wall charger plus uh, the wall charger, the wall charger, USB wall charger plug prongs while charging, posing shock and fire hazards. The CPSC said the retailer has, quote, received 14 reports of the cables smoking, sparkling, or igniting, including two reports of consumer finger burns. Add Fitbit to the growing list of device makers that will support tap to pay in Google's in New York City's mass transit mass transit system. When the city's contact uh, when the city's con Contact Less Fair Pilot program starts today. 
Fitbit Pay equipment wearables like the Versa Special Edition, Charge 3 Special Edition, and Ionic will let you pay per ride on the MTA Staten Island buses as well as the four, five, six subway lines running between Grand Central and Atlantic Barclays Center. Keep in mind that this won't replace passes. You still want to, you'll still want to pull a metric card if you ride frequently. The Omni payment system also won't reach the entire bus system, the entire bus and subway systems until 2021. In the tech tip block, tech tip blocks this week over on makeuseof.com. Uh, there is the if you're if you have a smartphone and you want to get more battery life out of your phones, makeuseof.com has the best battery life stretching phones. Um, there is the uh, Motorola the Motorola Motorola Moto GC G7 Power. There is the uh, Samsung Galaxy S10 plus the Huawei Mate 20X. Uh, Samsung Galaxy A50, uh, Cat Phones S41, Cat Phones 7S48C, and finally the uh, Apple iPhone XR. I'll have the link up in the show notes, and there's links uh, from makeuse.com where they have links on where you can buy, uh, buy them over on Amazon. Also over on makeuse.com, there is the, the best online photography courses for beginners. There's some loud cars and engines uh, going by. Um, so I'll have a link up in the show notes that you can check out on if you're a new, uh, uh, if you're a new, kind of new beginner for photography and you want to check out some courses that you can get online. And, and uh, there are some of them, I don't know if they're free or not, um, but uh, there is the um, R Photo class. There's Coursera uh, Photography Basics and Beyond, Cambridge in Color, um, ditch auto, start, start shooting in manual. Um, so I have a link up in the show notes that you can check out on the best, on the uh, best, uh, online photography courses for beginners. What's trending this week on GNC WIR and leaning off on Google trends that trended last week with 2 million searches, the Toronto Raptors looking at what's trending this week over on Twitter at number 10 with 1,607 tweets under the hashtag odd things under the hashtag odd things that excite me. Now, for example, under that hashtag, under that hashtag, under that hashtag popping, popping bubble wrap, of course, that will excite people. And yes, even me. And with the Toronto and with the Toronto Raptors trended last week on Google Trends over on YouTube at number nine with 503,024 views. The recap of game one of the NBA finals between the Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. And finally, Twitter is looking for someone to run its at Twitter account or a tweeter in chief, if you will. The company has posted a job listing for the position, which is looking to fill in San Francisco, New York, or any U.S. office. The tweeter in chief will be responsible for writing tweets for at Twitter, leading a team of community managers and, quote, setting the editorial direction of the account. They'll also have to be in tune will also have to be tuned with and react to culture. 
the job listing reads, quote, you'll set the tone of who you are and how we act and how and talk to people on Twitter. No big deal. To be in the running, you'll need to have good editing skills, be immersed in Twitter culture, understand the marketing scene, and have experience with social copywriting for major brands. You also need to be someone who pays attention to detail and likes working in a fast-paced environment. And of course, you need to be ha- need to be a Twitter fan. The post also the posting also says, "quote you you love Twitter and you love Twitter, and are passionate about our purpose and story." At Twitter, which has more than fifty two million dollars, not dollars, which has more than fifty two million followers, <laughs> currently uses its account to share new features like the ability to add a GIF to retweets. It also also encourages engagement with tweets like, quote, tweet an emoji you never used before and retweets various users. So I'll have a link in the show notes from the CNET article that has a link of the job posting. Um, so if you want to get uh, give it a shot to apply for a job, I extend my best wishes on whomever applies. And that is the uh, tech news of the week and closing out the month for this Friday, May 31st, 2019. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also, be sure to check out check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com. Got a comment? Thought? Want to say hi? I'd love to hear from the GNCWI, GNCWIR community at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. Lastly, last one more, one more thing, um, programming note, I have a prior engagement to attend to next week, so no episode on June 7th. I will be back in two weeks from today, June 14th, for another episode of the GNC Week in Review podcast. Till then, I will talk to you all soon.